So here's the thing, entrepreneurs, leaders, salespeople, we all want to create consistent, repeatable, and scalable ways to grow our business and our income. And we want to do it better, faster, and more seamlessly. Why? So we can actually enjoy our lives, take vacations, and spend the quality time we want with the people that we love. How do we do all this without spending a fortune or running ourselves ragged? That's the big question, and this show is dedicated to the answer. I'm not sure if this show is for you, but would you like to know how to survive a real estate team implosion? Essential strategies for what to do when your team blows up, even when you blow it up yourself. To help me get there, I've got Meredith Fogel and I got Daniel Dixon. Meredith, you have a huge team in like Maryland, DC, Virginia. You've got Denver, kind of greater metro, which is just a monster metropolitan. For the people that have never met you before, Meredith, give them just a little insight how long in the business, what does the team look like, and when was the last time it imploded? <laughs> so 29 years in the business. Uh, the team right now is 22 agents. We have been at a high of 34, 22 after an implosion, built right. back up again. Right. Uh, we've got four admin, two interns right now, which is our fun summer project. And um, yeah, so implosions have been multiple, but most recent was within the past like two months. Okay, so we've got a recent implosion, ladies and gentlemen. Daniel, you've been known to implode things on purpose. Yeah. But for the people that don't know who you are, how long in the business, what's the size of the team look like, and when was your last real estate team implosion? Been in the business for nine years. Um, team right now is 28 agents. Last implosion was December. Actually, no, January. Okay. We lose things up, change the pillars, and figured out uh, where we're trying to go. So... Uh, a mentor coach of mine once shared with me, she called it the six phases of mastery. And she said, if you want to master anything in life, specifically business, she would say, first is you got to commit, right? That's the first phase. And just telling the world what you're committed to, right? Telling the team, this is the new path, right? Or this is the direction we're going. The second one was execution, everything in 90 day cycles. Don't talk mm -hmm. to me until you've done it for 90 straight days, because that's how long it takes to see any real results. And she said, the third phase is momentum. She said, that's when all of a sudden, everything starts to take off. She said, but there's a bunch of momentum killers and most of them blow your business up. So I'm bringing this up because I think, I think there's a time when you're in momentum and the team goes sideways. And there's a time when you as the CEO say, okay, I'm going for a new direction, right? I'm going to go for something different. So I'm just curious, talk to us about, I'm going to go Meredith first. So you had a bunch of people leave. Is that the first time that's happened? No. Okay. So how many times has it happened? Why does it happen? And what are the lessons you're learning? And then you can jump in and we can all sort of just talk about it. Then I'm coming yeah. to you next. So how many times does this happen? Uh, probably four times. Okay. And we've imploded. And why does it happen? I think the reason it happens most of the time is, and I'm going to say the three times before, Yes. is what you mentioned the first time. So it's when... We're kind of in momentum and the team goes sideways. Right. There was a big blind spot I didn't see. Yes. yes. This last time was intentional because yes. I chose to, to right the ship but by choosing a new direction. Yes. So go back to the one uh, the, the two times ago. Yeah. So, so, you know, there was a blind spot. Like, tell us about that. What was the blind spot? I think the blind spot was I was in this um, this phase of just building, 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 really like just to build yes. without a clear vision. So my commitment was to the wrong thing. I yes. think. The commitment yes. was just to almost like collect 
people, which right. sounds terrible. Right. We're not collectors right. of people. No. But I wanted to build this big team. I had in my head, if I got to a certain number of people, the, re the rest was going to kind of take care of itself. Yes. And I separated myself a little bit too much, I think, from what my highest and best use is. Um, lost direction that way. Yeah. And then lost connection with the team that I spent all this time building. That's an, there's so much to impact in that, Daniel. Like, right? Like we, we build to build. Like I want to be big to be big, but not necessarily big to achieve a specific end result. Right. So, so knowing what you know now, what would you do? What would you say to yourself back then? And then we're going to get into the emotion of what do you deal with? Because someone right now is listening like, these two have it easy. They're sitting with Tom Ferry in Dallas. I just lost X number of people, Y number of transactions, and my best friend is sleeping with my assistant, <laughs> and they're both leaving, right? Like, I mean, we've all seen all this stuff, right? So, so what's the big lesson coming out of this? Vision. Having a clear vision is yes. the big lesson, and that's why I've chosen this new this new focus, this new commitment. Yes. I think that is the big one. Is you have to lead with a vision first, yeah. and then the rest of it follows. Okay, same yeah. question. You, you mentioned December, January. Yeah. Why? And, so, and how did you go through it? We got to get into some of the how. Like, yeah. How did you go through it? Because bring me, bring me back to the time that you realized you needed to change and how long before you realized it and actually had the courage to change. So do we want the PC answer or the real answer? <laughs> Dude, keep it real. Let's, you you so, know me. So in October of this past year, uh, we lost somewhere like $150,000, $160,000. Rates went up. People were, people didn't buy anymore. Pre-approvals were going under contract. Right. And so we had had, so we had taken that lump, realized our projecting, got to get better at being a CEO and being a business, a business owner. And we were on a call with you. And one of the things you said was, um, who's in your foxhole with you? And we knew we were about to go through a bad 12 to 18 month period. Right. And we just kind of looked at our organization and said, this is an opportunity. We could feel sorry for ourselves or we could look at this opportunity and say, we have a unique ability to redefine who we want to be in business with, where are we going exactly? And then kind of touch every little aspect of our business. Now that things were slowing down yes. to then recreate this new mega team that we're building. So that was October. Tell me about the sort of mental process of you, you have this, you know, Tom Ferry plants a little seed, yeah. right? You already knew. I just probably validated, you know, truth in his head, right? How long did it take before you finally said, okay, this is what I'm going to do? And what was the first 24 hours like after you did it? So it's so cool. I get when I have a lot of, when I don't have a clear direction, I slow down and get really confused. And so it took That's a few, honest. it took That's some honest. time to like get clear with what do we want to do? Who do we need to separate with? Um, and I, one of my sayings is clarity equals speed. Yeah. So I can go fast once I'm clear and know what's going on. So it was, it took a few days to kind of get an idea of where we we're going. And I think one of the biggest takeaways from all of this though is expense management. Yeah. Because rather than selling our way out of this, we did it the other way and said, no, we've got to cut and get healthy and get lean. Right. And then we crush and go sell a bunch of houses again. Right. And we're just, you know, making a ton of money versus keeping the expenses that we had with the old market. And it was a humbling moment. It, it's been yes. painful, but yes. I'm becoming a better business owner, coach, mentor, all of those things because of all this pain. Right. You know, everybody does great when the market is just going through the roof. And I say that someone watching right now knows, Meredith, that there are actually people that when the market was just skyrocketing, we're losing money. Because this, this sort of mentality of, well, I just need one more deal, 
right? I just need one more agent. Yeah. I just need one more account. I need one. It's, it's like this silly notion that somehow if I just sell enough, I'll make enough money. Did you go through some of that expense cut, some of that reorg? Because that's yeah. also painful. That's in a way that's also implosion because you're the phrase I love is you're prioritizing until it's painful. Right. Right. Yeah. What did you go through? Uh, same thing. I mean, it was it was it was painful and getting the clarity, taking a really hard look at the numbers, and that was tough. I remember you saying, "Gosh, it was a podcast you did before, maybe during the pandemic." Yeah. And I think you said something like. I want you guys to have like $4 million saved. Yes. And I mean, that seemed like the craziest notion to me. Yes. And I was like, what? You know, we're in the midst of this gangbusters market. We don't need a $4 million saved. Well, I wish I had listened to you because you saw what was coming. I think I kind of knew it was coming, but I really didn't want to look it in the face. Yeah. And then when it was here, then we had to get really, really real. And when we right. made our cuts, we realized at one point we were going to be operating at a loss if yes. we did not make some quick changes. Yes. And at that point, yeah, we had to scale back on a lot of things that we thought were a good idea or we thought were kind of fun and that just weren't, weren't, weren't creating profit. Right. It's, it, speak to that. It's, it's hard. You're like, you're like, wait a minute, I'm working my face off. And then you start to, I, I maybe maybe you guys haven't done this, but I certainly know some people, including the person sitting in my chair at the house. You you start to look out at everybody else and you're like, I'm working my face off, right? Like, what the hell is going on here? And I'm not making any money and everybody else is getting a paycheck. And in yeah. the moment, cynicism and doubt and all that stuff creeps into our brains as founders. It is an ugly place to be. Did that happen to you at all? No, but I had a multiple panic attacks over the last like 60 days right just looking at wait a minute i'm i'm leveraging properties and i'm having to get my cash flow management in place so everybody else can eat right i need you guys to sell more damn houses right but i think again it's just a matter of being able to run a better business yeah and expense management expense load um number of people that are on the team productivity per agent right all of those things gotta dial in and focus a little bit better right Cutting the fat is is not just, you know, like expense management, but it's also like the reality of who's going to be in the foxhole with me. Yeah. Who, who's really, because there was a lot of people that got in the business. I mean, you're 29 year veteran, you're a nine year veteran, but you were at truly a Zillow before, right? So you've been yeah. around the industry for a long time. There was a lot of people that just made a lot of money and they're gone. They're just, they're just unwilling to make that change. Mm -hmm. So let's go a different direction. I want to go back to the emotion. I notice for me, I know what to do. I know the decision is right. But man, leading up to it for like 24 hours, I, uh, just being honest, sometimes I can't sleep. It, it's personal when you're like, when you're like shutting down a division or you're, yeah. you're cutting people that you care. Like I don't, I, I see that person. I see their kids. I see their spouse. Like, it, like I can get emotional just thinking about it. And it torments me until I rip the bandaid off. And for about 12 to 15 hours afterwards, I'm upset, but I'm done. Yeah. Why does it take us so long to make these decisions to coach me people? <laughs> when we know- well, I think we feel responsible. We're, we're leaders, right? And right. so we are actually responsible for, we always look at ourselves first. I yeah. think that's what makes it so difficult. Yeah. And we also feel like we can kind of magically solve a lot of things and we can, we're really good yeah. at it. Yeah. But there are things where the right thing to do or the compassionate thing to do is yep. the hard thing. Yes. And it does hurt for a second. Yes. There's a, a lovely group of, of people that I meet with on Saturday mornings um, who are all Tom Ferry 
coaching clients and we allow ourselves what we call 36 hours of pain. Oh, so, yeah. And that's it, like 36 yeah. hours. Yeah. And then you got to get that done. You got to just, yeah. you know, you can, you can feel bad, you can cry, you can scream, you can do everything you need to do for 36 hours and then yeah. you got to get back into the trenches yeah. and, you know, put your big yeah, pack on yeah. and start working again. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not sure I have that amount of empathy. Um, I do. I love my people, but the expense management <laughs> for us was, it was more, it was more cutting lead flow and, and yes. holding it accountable yes. more than yes. this. We've never really had a really big salaried staff. Yeah. Um, but when you think about people that sometimes it's my responsibility as a leader to teach a lesson. Yeah. And so I think about one of the, one of our top agents that we let go that wasn't a culture fit, wasn't in the right mindset, wasn't in alignment. Maybe this, maybe he'll look back and thank me at, at some point for yeah. having to go figure it out on his own. Um, rather than just dealing with someone that I don't want to really be in business with anymore. Yeah. So, so there's this great study by Bain and Company, and you know Jason Pantana and I talk about it all the time. It says, you know, when the market makes a shift, what most people do is they immediately cut marketing, mm-hmm. and then what the study shows, and and again the study is pre-pandemic, right? So, so it'd be nice to get some new data, right? Because we're certainly in a different cycle of the market right now that says. When you cut marketing hard, you almost never recover. Now, I would argue, I don't think you cut that hard. I think you probably finessed. Yeah, and you cut more out, you cut out you, you were, yeah. So it's like, forgive us context. If I asked you a year ago-ish, how many leads were you generating per month versus, say, today? We're 14, 1,500. Today, we're 12 to 1,300. Okay. But we're holding our vendors that we're paying for leads for accountable. And that was the, one of the there biggest things. There you go. Because we're paying X right. amount of dollars per month and not getting the delivered lead flow. Right. And so we started putting right. pressure on our on our partners yeah. to fix some of that. And I think what came out of all of this was the need for an ISA department. Yeah. And we told our agents, you need to produce you. It was this was like early September. Mm-hmm. We began watching you. My other coach, Brett, talking about what's coming down the pipe. Right. And it's right. like, all right, guys, new standards. We need to make this many phone calls. And we had a true mutiny. Right. We had people challenging, mad, angry. And yeah, I'm like, guys, he's taught like this is coming from the goat. That's like, hey, we need to work harder. Right. And you're willing to do it. So yeah. are you going to last? Or are you going to be, you know, we, we, we re, again, reimagine what we want our agents to do, what we want them to be committed to, who right. we want to be in business with, yeah. how hard you're going to work, what, what this thing needs to look like. And then... Agents suck at consistency, but my ISAs can be consistent every single day. And so that's what's born out of all of this is higher conversion, more consistency, and our ability to scale and and expand. So one of the presidents of uh, one of our companies, Josh Browse, shout shout out to Josh Campus, big tall guy, former quarterback for Boise State. We were were chatting one day, Meredith, about, about a problem that had been consistent inside the organization. And he said... You know, I heard a story once and he said, a consultant was asked by a farmer, could you help me? And he said, well, what's the problem? He says, well, just, you know, come to my property. He says, all my cattle get to sort of this part of this mountain. And for whatever reason, the grass is really great there. And he said, but every now and then, you know, one or two of the cattle fall off and they die. And he goes, it's just terribly upsetting for my wife and I. So I got to call the ambulance out. We got to pick up the, you know, the cows. And I'm looking for like maybe a way to like simplify that to get the, you know, to get the dead animal out of there faster to... And, and the consultant says, I got a better idea. How about we build a fence and we stop letting the cows fall off? The- so, right. so the ISAs were the fence. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, okay, agents aren't on my team, aren't going to be as consistent as we would like them to be. They are all consistent in their minds at the level that they understand consistency. Right. You two just understand it. And the person listening, just 
you have a higher standard, right? So you built a fence. Yeah. Have you ever had a mutiny with your sales team and you say, hey, I need you to start doing this? Oh, yes. Same thing, calls. Yeah. yeah. So what'd you do? What happened? <laughs> well, we built accountability and we also hired INCA. So very similar. It's mm -hmm. building the fence again. Mm -hmm. yeah. Imagine if you could sit down over the course of three days with 82 different agents and team leaders who combined sold more than 6,000 homes in the last 12 months, where they broke down in detail how they generate a steady flow of listings in this market. Everything from the marketing they use, the checklist to get it done and organized and be consistent, the scripts and dialogues, the follow-up strategies, the tools, and more to implement it. That is my promise of this year's Success Summit. In this environment, you can no longer be asking yourself how. Instead, you've got to find plays that work and simply run them. Race to TomFerry.com, book your reservation. Make sure that you absolutely position yourself above and beyond in your marketplace, truly becoming the market of one. So, so what's the, what's the root cause? What's the root, like what's, and again, you might be an agent watching this right now and you're saying, wait a minute, you're referring to me as a cow that falls off. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's a metaphor. It's a story. I think you got the point, but there is, there is an attraction to this business. Uh, we watch million dollar listing and we say, oh my God, fancy houses, big checks. And they show the dollar amount, like on the show, a hundred thousand dollar commission. I want to do that too. But you know, knowing as many of those agents as I do, they all work their faces off. I mean, like the show may make them look glamorous, but if I, if I text Ryan at, you know, midnight, he's going to respond. You know what I mean? If I did like Matt, like so many of them, they, they grind hard. How do we help our agents understand that the volume of work that's required in this market is just simply the volume of work that's required in this market. And if you don't want to play at this level, then I'm going to lower the standard, probably lower your split, or you should exit. Or is that, or am I just being insane even saying that? No, I don't think you're being insane. And one of the things that we did is because we've got, I also have a podcast and I have a, a fair amount of organic new agent. Yes. Attraction, oh, I bet. I bet. Uh, from that podcast. And so what we did is we built, thanks to Phil Jones for the, the title idea, a system called exactly what to do yes. for a new agents. And it is literally Smart. every single thing Smart. that a new agent. So that's, it's sort of like fencing that agent and, and uh -huh. seeing quickly, there's a, a litmus test that is put in front of them right away that we can see whether they have a level of commitment. So we're having a conversation, but what I learned quickly too is this was part of my early lessons is that, you know, they'll talk a really good game. And these yes. are salespeople. These are yeah. high eyes right. mostly. Right. So right. they can really Turn convince you. Juice, yeah, yeah. They're pers persuasive in their communication. But when push came to shove, they weren't performing a good amount of the time. So this helps us to see very quickly whether they're going to get into the, the kind of productive action we need them to and whether they're really committed to this as a career. So you're, I'm assuming this is like an LMS, right? A learning management software. Yep. They yep. can go in real time. You can observe. There's some tests. Yep. Right. But really what you're doing is you're filtering. This is no yeah. different from like getting a Zillow lead that you think was vetted properly. They booked the appointment. Hey, go show my house. Yeah. Right. So this is a way for you to vet them. Right. Is it working? It is. Yeah. So far, so good. Okay. Yeah. Same, same question. How do we, how do we write the ship? How do we get people that say, Daniel, I want to make more money. I want to have my best life. Uh, you know, but, but the notion that they can make calls two days a week or two days a month and then have the audacity to complain is silly to me, but as leaders, we have to have compassion for them. How do you get them to write the ship? So I think one of the biggest questions is what are you willing to sacrifice to get there, mm -hmm. right? No one ever sees the sacrifice that we went through yeah. on our journey to get to where we're at today. Yeah. And I think that we're just dealing with natural attrition right now, given the market. 
Yeah. A lot of the top producers that I know across the country have been there, truly was waiting for the shift. Yeah. They're waiting to get all of the onesie, twosie, eights out right. of the business that aren't right. committed. Right. We're seeing and then, it. And we're feeling it now. We're going through it. But this is, I mean, we're, we're everything we're building today is for 2024. So rather than saying we're not going to hire right now, um, we've actually put more emphasis on hiring and bringing more people in. Because yeah. those people never got to see the tough market or never got to see the easy market. Right. Right. So you think about people got licensed in 19 or 20. Like, are you willing to go? back to square one and grind and call expireds and lead generate and do the things? Yeah. Or yeah. did you get a license because you thought it was going to be that easy way to a hundred K? Yeah. What's that? The old line has been used so many times. So, you know, uh, weak people, right. Create yeah. bad times, yeah. bad times, create strong people, strong people create, you know, we, it's just that yeah. cycle. Yeah. So it is, it's, it's interesting to think about the people that we bring into business today, right. And their experience versus Hey, it's 2020 and the most challenging thing. And we know it was hard to put a, put a mask on, sign some different paperwork, you know, clean yourself. Can't, you know what I mean? Like, it, like I don't, I don't want to make light of how insane that was, but I, I take that over seven, seven percent interest rates and, you know, payments ballooning and just that, that real struggle. Right. right so, I mean, it's all hard. Right. So let's go a different direction. Being broke is hard too. Being broke <laughs> sucks. Being broke sucks. So I'm going to go back to what my coach, Teresa, said to me. She said, the six phases of mastery are, number one, you got to make a commitment. Your commitment is your vision, right? And you got to tell the world about your vision. The second thing is you got to go out and execute in 90-day cycles. Nothing great is ever accomplished, even in one 90-day cycle. It's usually two, three, or four. Mm-hmm. You guys know, I know. After like You're like, well, give me 18 months of doing something, and I'm going to kill it. That third one is momentum. And there's we've kind of discussed and unpacked some of the things that create momentum blockers or what would get us out of momentum. But the third thing she talked about is stabilization. So, so once you create momentum and you move to a new level of performance, you move from having 10 agents to 28 agents, mm-hmm. you have to restabilize everything and sort of reorchestrate like how we operate going from, you know, eight transactions a month to 28 transactions a month. The system starts to break stabilization. She says, once you stabilize, you got to go back to number one again and say to yourself, okay, now we're stable. What are we committed to? Is this the vision? And then you start another 90 day cycle yeah. and then you get into momentum again and then you restabilize again. And she said, it's about the second or third time you go one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four with some blowups inside of number three that you finally have what she calls stage five, which is the quantum leap. Mm-hmm. And that's when you see, like I was texting with DJ this morning when DJ and Lindsay went from like 850 transactions to 3,100 transactions in a year. That was a good example of phase one through four for six straight years and then all of a sudden, bang. But then inside of that, when you have that big breakthrough, what do you have to do again? Back to phase four, restabilize. Because a quantum leap, when right. you go to that next level of performance, if you don't restabilize, we we always fall back to our systems, our structure, and our standards. Yeah. So you have a big month and then you go back to your system structure and standards. So that stabilization is that. So as we, we sort of discuss this sort of just with the way our minds work, where do you guys find yourself right now in your business? Because in January you blew it up. Yeah, you're you're kind of you know post post blow up. Mm-hmm. So are you in are you in the middle of a ninety day cycle? Are you in momentum? Where do where do you guys find yourselves? You want to take it? Yeah, I I we pivot. We look at and manage our business so tightly that we constantly pivot. And so these pivots, I truly believe in my heart that I'm if I'm either going to win or I'm going to learn. I don't believe that I'm losing anything. Yeah. And so it's it's just constantly pivoting and doing the next thing to split testing different things, what's working here, what's not working there. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. I, I enjoy the peaks and I enjoy the valleys, as silly as it sounds. Yeah. Because it without like the journey is the excitement and the love for what we do. It's not just winning constantly. So that sounds like squarely in a never ending ninety day cycle. Yeah, we we don't we'll do yearly goals, but everything that we look at is ninety days. Yeah. Quarter by quarter by quarter. Yep. Yeah. Same. We do that also. So you, so we run the business through EOS and everything yep. is a ninety day world yep. in EOS. But I'm trying something a little bit different, which is based on and I'm testing it. Dan Sullivan's re- most recent book, which is yep. 10X is Easier Than yep. 2X. Yep. Great book. Yep. But I'm trying to see everything through that filter of the yes. 10X, like where I want to be. And it's helped me create an org chart that I think is going to be, it can evolve certainly, but sure. at least it's going to keep us stable as we grow toward it. Yep. I feel like the big lesson I learned is I was always like a step behind yep. in what I needed in terms of like, you know, an admin person or a system or an ISA or whatever it was to keep the momentum going. So now I'm trying to look at it more like a, a long-term vision down rather yes. than staying like just behind the curve that we've been running. You know, I want to piggyback on that. Uh, a couple of days ago, because so I have two presidents, Mary Jetta runs the coaching business and then Josh runs kind of everything. And we were in this dialogue and the question that was brought up of, of like, okay, let's identify all the reasons why we can't 10X the business. Mm. And it was just a really interesting discussion if you just start listing out all the reasons why you can't. And all you're really doing is just going... Okay, well, we can solve that. We can solve that. And we can solve that because we, we need, I have struggled at times, right? With like, how do I 10X the business? And when I ask myself how, like I get lost in 8 million potential campaigns, but for some reason, and maybe it's just where I'm at today in my life, asking myself all the reasons why I couldn't, and then being honest about capacity, marketing, acquisition costs, you know, retention, just all the, you know, all the numbers and metrics of business. It was just an interesting exercise. Yeah. I have to read that Dan Solomon book. I like Dan a lot. Well, let me ask you a question. How do you, yeah. when is enough enough? And yeah. so I struggle yeah. with that sometimes yeah. of thinking about 10Xing and going to that next yeah. level. Yeah. And then you're in the chaos. It's like, do I really need that big of a life? Yeah. yeah. And then you get motivated again and you go again. So how do you, how do you balance that 10X focus, drive, surround yourself with the right people versus yeah. just winning? Is winning enough? Well, what's winning for you? Right. I think that's a, yeah. Thank you, coach. Jump in. I think it's, you got to look at, so Dan talks about four freedoms, right? Freedom of time, freedom of money, freedom of relationship, um, freedom of, what's the other one that I just, freedom of time, money, relationship. Oh, I lost, oh, purpose. That's the big one, right? Freedom of purpose. So if you drive first with what's the purpose, Mm -hmm. like what's your purpose? Is your purpose to sell your company one day? Is your purpose to, you know, be able to work from anywhere in the world and start your company runs? Is your purpose to do something entirely different? So if you look at it through that like filter first and then figure out how to work in those other freedoms, then you'll get there. Yeah. Well, I think I, w- I want a massive business. I want a billion dollar business. And then you're building the thing and then it's going, oh, wait a minute, I want time with my kids. I want to be able to travel and do the thing. So I think it just, it's just, um, it's a different feeling depending on where you're at in the journey. Yeah. Yes. How, you know how I mean? old is your youngest? He's five. Yeah. yeah. He's five. And I spend a lot of time with them. I'm home every night before six and like we, like I spend a ton of time with my kids, but you know, you just get, you get that ambition and you're like, all right, let's go build this massive. And then you start hearing it's like, uh, is it? That's so, why I want to ask you, cause you have a really yeah. big life, really big business. It's, it's all relative, right? So, I mean, I've also been doing this for three decades, right? <laughs> right. So, you know, people <laughs> say to me like, how'd you, blah, blah, blah. I don't know, do anything for three decades. Um, so I'm obsessed with 
uh, a longtime mentor who's become a friend, a guy named Peter Diamandis. Do you know that name? Dr. Yeah, Peter Diamandis yeah. created the X Prize. Okay. He's written a lot of great books, Bold, Abundance. Um, the yeah. most recent one, uh, it's this like the Exponential Organization, which is the one I'm totally obsessed with. He also was one of the first people to really get me to explore AI back in like 2017. Um, just, just a huge thinker. Big shots, Peter. He's actually going to be at the uh, the team event coming up in Chicago. Yes. You guys heard here first. Uh, second time I've asked him to speak to our team leaders, but I think it's even more important today. Here's my point. If you Google right now, Dr. Peter Diamandis, looks like Diamond IS, and then just put an MTP. So to Dan's point, Peter says all extraordinary things happen with a massive transformational purpose. And the hardest thing for people is to figure out what is your massive transformational purpose. And the moment you do, you say things like, we're going to put a man on the moon, we're going to bring him back alive in the next 10 years. Or he talks a lot about what it took to build a billion dollar business, call it 60 years ago, with 100,000 people, Mm -hmm. right? Then it got cut to 10,000 people. And then Instagram hit 13 people. Mm -hmm. And the future of business is the next multi-billion dollar business is going to be three people. Right, three people with the power of AI and right, dude. It's I mean, I I'm like Peter. I love you. I mean, he just just plants these. Tom, what you need to understand, I'm just like, I can't take notes back because, but that's what's going on. But to your point about purpose, purpose at the summit, I'm not going to give you guys all the questions here. You got to come to the summit and the experiences. But I outlined basically eight questions to get you to that point. And one of the questions is not how much is enough, but you know how much do you need. Right? How much cash flow do you need coming in every single month so you only work because you want to? Right? Like that's really the question because we're all in real estate. We all have access to deals. We all see opportunities every single day. And it drives me insane when I hear it's like, oh my God, I got this like super taste listing. And I put it on the MLS, sold like 38 offers, you know, do it 28% over asking. I'm like, did you ask the seller how much cash they needed just to get out of the deal? Like, did that, does that question ever come up? You know what I mean? I know you do this, right? Like, we talk about it all the time. Like, One of my sub-massive transformational purposes for all my clients have enough cash flow that covers all their expenses so they only work because they want to. And then I think it kind of opens up from there. Yeah. Thoughts? No, I I, I mean, cash flow management right now is is the big thing. Not buying houses so much for me anymore. Yeah, but I mean just straight up cash flow. No, totally. All my my expenses covered, all my life covered. I work because I want to. And it just, it shifts the, it doesn't take the passion away. It does it actually adds to it because then you start saying, well, who am I really doing this for? Right. Can I do it for my church? Can I do mm-hmm. it for, you know, like my kids who said, let's build a church in, in Ghana. And like, you start to see, see it differently. But anyway, we're talking about implosions. <laughs> let's finish with final thoughts on implosions. The next time it happens to you, what are two things you're going to do differently? Meredith, you go first. Next time. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to say mine. You ready? Okay. I'm going to be honest and vocal with the key stakeholders of my business, which includes my wife and business partner, and say, this is what I have to do. It scares the you-know-what out of me, and I'm gonna get it done by this date. And my wife is so tough as nails, she's gonna say, why are you waiting that long? Why would you torture yourself for that much time? I love you, Kathy Perry. And then I'll probably end up doing it faster. So that's my number one. But number two for me is, I need to go back and I need to rewrite my purpose and my vision so I'm crystal clear on why I'm doing this and I need to communicate to the organization across the board that the reason why I made this decision is what we were doing was no longer alignment with our vision or that person's purpose was no longer in alignment with our vision. Right. God, I wish I could do that every time fast. Those are my two. I saw something in this book that said if you're 
if your mission and vision, you're not being mocked by it by your company, then it's not clear enough for everybody. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Good. Sure. Good. Meaning, meaning they can parrot it, right? Yeah. 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 If we keep talking about it, they right. see it. Everywhere. Right. And they start living yeah. it and breathing it and feeling it. Yeah. Meredith, what you got? Yeah. I mean, I think I, I'm probably going to just piggyback off of what you said. I think acting more quickly, that's the most important one. Yeah. And listening to my gut to yeah. make it with. Because after all this time, my gut's pretty strong. I yeah. just have to start giving it more credence. Yeah, I uh, I did a post recently, I think it was inside the legacy thing, where I asked um, data, employee feedback, gut, prioritize how you make decisions. Mm -hmm. And almost everyone came back with like data, <laughs> people around me, gut. And a couple of people said data, gut, and then yeah, but everybody else, everybody else says, right? Interesting, interesting, interesting. interesting. Okay. This has been a very fun discussion. Here's to future blowups done massively with massive disasters and lots of lessons. Yeah. Cause it's going to happen. Business is messy, right? Yep. Okay. So people want to reach out to you. Where do they find you guys? I'm on Instagram, Dixon at Dixon sold it. Okay. And all the other social platforms. Yes. Yes. Double D. And yeah, any, any social platform, YouTube, TikTok, Meredith um, Vogel team or the list realty. Love it. Thank you guys for having a very honest conversation. I know, uh, Every person listening to this is going to be like, okay, all right, yeah, we're all going to go through it. It's messy. We just got to do it. So appreciate you both. Sure, Thank you course. so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for watching. See you at the summit. If you want more information about this episode, including my show notes, mentions, links, and everything else, make sure you visit tomferry.com slash podcast. That's tomferry.com slash podcast. Thanks again and talk to you soon.